Welcome, everybody. It's Thursday night. It is 8 o'clock. That means it's time for the best show that no one is watching. This is the Get Off My Lawn podcast. I will be your host tonight. My name is John, and since it's my show, it's just natural that I take over hosting duties. Oh, wait. I've always been the host. It's always been my show, so here we go. Um, If you are uh, out there watching right now, I know several of you were already out there uh, lighting it up in the YouTube uh, live chat. So uh, if you're out there watching, make sure that you get those comments in so we can see that you are here. If you are new, and I know that several new people did get invited to to hang out and watch tonight. So if you are new, um, drop a comment and we just like to know where you are. You don't have to give us your full street address. Uh, You can just give us city or or your county your state even uh if you're watching from a different country you can just say which country it is um whatever you want to do there that is entirely up to you so uh let's get this going here uh real quick here um we're going to bring some some cool faces onto the screen and say hello to everybody so first and foremost, uh, we do have a special guest tonight. You've seen him out there in the live chat off and on, but we're bringing him onto the show tonight. We have got uh, Tech Shooters with us. Is it okay to call you by your first name, or you just want me to leave you anonymous? You can call me anything you want to, John. I Okay, I, I promise I won't call you late to supper. Hey, that's perfect. <laughs> so, uh, so, so Rich is here from 10X Shooters. Uh, we've also got a couple other of the, uh, the usual suspects. So uh, we've got everybody's favorite tactical teacher in the house tonight, and uh, he is one of Lincoln's two most eligible bachelors, Travis P11. How are you? Man, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. We got a really ornery, uh, you know, chat on, going on over there on the YouTube side right now. People are out there singing and hollering and saying hello to each other. I'm excited for tonight. I think I it's going to be it's going to be interesting discussion. Be it's one of those what if scenarios, you know, like what if something you happens, what? then what uh, happens, you know? Rowdy. Yeah. Rowdy is good as long as they keep it respectful and nobody uh, goes at each other, then, uh, um, or not seriously goes at each other. Uh, Patriot of the Dark likes to take cheap shots at me because mm-hmm. uh, he, uh, I don't know, um, he thinks he's funny or something. I, he's, he thinks I won't see it coming. I don't know what's happening there. He causes but, a uh, chuckle every now and then, but you know. So, but we got D2 Live Moo out there. We got DJ Play Nice. Uh, you know, um, we've got a good crowd. Before, uh, before I forget. Patriot, uh, I do see that Patriot is out there. Uh, so before I forget, dude, um, hit me back up. Let's, uh, uh, I'll message you my phone number and, and we'll just, uh, I'll have you give me a call sometime, but, uh, but not tonight. After I get this done, I am, uh, gonna be hitting the shower and heading to bed so I can get a good night's sleep. So, uh, real quick here, uh, we've got one more guy waiting out there in the green room. Let's bring Joe on screen. Uh, Joe is, of course, uh, a familiar face the last couple of weeks. He is one of my co uh, cohorts, I guess, on the board for NFOA. How are you, sir? Not doing too bad today. Not bad at all. Been a busy, right, busy good. week with all the snow, but I bad at all. I know, all. right? I uh, that's that's why I have to. What uh, snow are you sure. talking about? Yeah, I got to get in the shower <laughs> before I get in bed because I stink like snowblower exhaust. Dude, that's uh, awesome, it, though. It's a great snowblower, but it's got a yeah. design flaw where it blows the exhaust right back um, right back on the user. So, 
anyway, I'm just thankful that we finally got it here. It's been in in uh, in storage in a different town for uh, a couple months uh, after we moved. So we did go pick it up and bring it home earlier this week because we knew some real snow was coming. So far, I've been able to do just shoveling, and uh, I'm glad I didn't have to shovel. We didn't get much. We only had about eight inches of snow, but glad I didn't have to shovel that stuff. So, um, all right, a couple things that I want to cover before we jump into the discussion tonight. Uh, first and foremost, tonight's show is brought to you by Sandhills Defense LLC, which is, uh, I think, one of the best firearm trainers in Nebraska at large, especially in Northeast Nebraska, especially in Norfolk, Nebraska. Uh, but the thing is, uh, I have class. I will travel. So we do have a class coming up in March out in Ainsworth. Uh, we're only limited by uh, imagination. So if, if you can find me a classroom and a safe place to shoot, and you've got a few people that want to take some firearms classes, hit me up, go to Sandhills Defense LLC, um, or uh, email me at uh, instructor at sandhillsdefense.com but you can go to sandhillsdefense.com find all that stuff uh let me know if if that's something that you want to do we will uh we'll get in touch if you're if you're in northeast nebraska north central nebraska uh you know what like i said i i'll go to all the cool places i hear beatrice doesn't have a lot of good instructors so i'll go down there if that's what we need to do whatever <laughs> whatever has to happen so but uh that is tonight's sponsor also, as always, we want to uh, show our appreciation to the Self-Defense Radio Network. They have uh, graciously allowed us to join some really, really, uh, I, I think it's and like standing among giants is how I say it. When you go look at the lineup that is uh, part of the, the Self-Defense Radio Network, as far as cool, uh, firearm-friendly and, and freedom-friendly shows, go check those out after we are done tonight, sdrn.us. Um, and of course, last but certainly not least, the views and opinions expressed on this podcast belong to the individual expressing them and do not reflect the views of any of our sponsors or any of the other panelists. Uh, we all speak for ourselves and nobody else. We're not giving out any legal advice, no medical advice. I believe that nobody on the panel has a license to practice medicine or law. Uh, we're smart. We're just not uh, certified. I get, Well, we're certifiable but we're not certified in, in law or medicine. Uh, but, uh, but anyway, that is, uh, that's kind of the rundown right there. Who do we have out there for some comments? Let's see who's joining us. Uh, we'll go through the whole list after the show. And once we're wrapping up here, but G 23 is out there. My beautiful bride, Sandhill sweetheart is in the chat. You guys know how this works. I can run my mouth or I can run my keyboard, but I got to pick one or the other. I can't do both. So, uh, she does the typing while I do the talking. Uh, Travis is out there and in here. We've got Asta3019. Uh, glad to have you along for a first timer. Um, let's see. We've got Patriot out there. We've got, I know there's more people. M. Gabriel's, M. Gabriel, you made it. Awesome. Um, uh, Joe Jag is here. Let's see. What else we have? Two live moves in the house. Sam of Anarchy. DJ Play Nice. Um, Ronald Robertson coming from uh, somewhere very, very near uh, me, somewhere in my town. So I am in Norfolk, Nebraska as well. Um, I know we've got more people. If I haven't said your name and you're commenting, throw more comments in there so I see you come back through. Ozzy's out there barking at the moon. So so yeah, hunting st and stuff with J&J. &J. Welcome back. Blitz. Uh, they're more and more coming in all the time. I can't keep up with them anymore. You guys are 
rocking it out there. Uh, so yeah, um, like I said, if you're new, drop a comment, let us know where you are. Uh, if you're watching, drop a comment and just let us know that you're there. Uh, we've got Eric McKee out there popping in. Cool. Uh, Omaha, I know you're not going to comment. I did get your text and I'm sorry that we were two minutes late. My gosh. Okay. So, uh, now that we've covered all of that, um, couple quick announcements. We're going to get into the discussion. When we're done, I do want to talk a little bit about uh, what's happening with NFOA uh, going on this weekend and into next week. So uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, we won't make everybody that's that's showing up for the main discussion. We won't make you sit through all that. But if you want to know about NFOA stuff, then uh, hang out and we'll, we'll do the rundown once we are uh, done with our main discussion here. We've kind of wrapped that up. So... Uh, all right, more people coming in all the time. Um, okay, we're just going to kind of jump into this. And two of the people on the panel here are uh, certified firearms instructors, Rich and myself. And then Travis and Joe um, aren't instructors. Well, Travis is a teacher, but he's not a firearms teacher. Uh, but you guys have been through different classes in your lifetime. Uh, and, uh, and you've been around firearms quite a bit. But the main reason that you guys are here as well is because you, you also understand the merits, uh, why constitutional carry is a good thing for, for instructors. So let me just kind of start this out by saying that over the years, I've heard of a lot of people that are firearms instructors and that's their, their main livelihood who, uh, fought tooth and nail against constitutional carry because they thought it would mean the end of, of their career that they would have to uh, uh, close up shop. And the numbers don't show that. If you look at any of the states that have uh, passed constitutional carry, typically what you see is that uh, the number of concealed carry permits actually increases. And there's a few reasons for that. But, uh, you know, the, the biggest thing is people start carrying without a permit because they can. They get used to it they decide that they don't want to give that up when they cross state lines and not every state, uh, you know, not everybody can cross a state line into a constitutional carry state or another one. So, uh, uh, you know, for instance, if, uh, if somebody's in South Dakota right now, they don't need a permit to carry in South Dakota, but if they want to come into Nebraska, then they have to have their South Dakota enhanced permit. So there's still reason for those people to keep their permit uh, to get it or to keep it uh, keep it current. Same thing with us. If we do go constitutional carry, a lot of Nebraskans do visit Colorado and you'll still need your Nebraska CHP in order to carry there. So um, that's just one of the main reasons. So um, Rich, I'm going to turn this over to you a little bit because you had commented to me here a little while back that you, uh, you, originally were also opposed to constitutional carry uh, from an instructor's point of view. So will you tell me a little bit about that and then just kind of um, your journey from there to where you are now is, as far as your your feelings yeah, well, to constitutional carry? So when it first came up, you know, I, I was totally against it. I thought this is just bad for the industry. This is bad for my livelihood. This is just not a good thing for Nebraska. Well, I made my opinion on little to no facts. Okay, so now this has came about again, and now I've actually took the time to understand what is at stake here. 
And to have constitutional carry in Nebraska is huge for us. It's, it, it is, it is the right thing to do. We shouldn't have to pay for our rights. Okay. And that's what this is about. We shouldn't have to pay for a license that to carry a firearm. Okay. We have the right, the second amendment right to, to keep and bear arms shall not be in French, blah, blah, blah. Everybody totes that banner and which is, amazing that's what we need it's it's what our forefathers put put for us to carry on but with that all being said after getting the information the right information and opening my mind up um so i've gone through a lot of things will this affect instructors honestly it may affect the concealed carry classes but if you're teaching other classes besides the concealed carry there's websites that I can tell you to go look, and they've done the studies. There's it's going to increase those other classes, whether it's defensive pistol, um, doing NRA classes, protection inside and outside the home, and vehicle courses. I can just keep going on and on. But those classes that are those upper tier classes are where you can add more money to to offset what you're going to lose for concealed carry yeah very so true. that is of course that is that is definitely a, a feather in a hat and all these years that i've seen instructors myself included i it's like i've hanged my hat on that concealed carry class thinking this is gonna this is gonna put some bread on my ta table never thought hey so constitutional carry oh man this is gonna hurt me well stop and think and be smart about it so i did that and i noticed that yeah i made that end of it but since i teach other classes i'm gonna gain more on that other side because people are gonna be interested on hey i do really want to train more and i see the overall outcome of how this could happen so definitely a bonus and to you don't have if you stay in the state you don't have to have a permit like you said you go out of state it's going to be nice to have it so it's best of both worlds to be honest well and, and what we've seen by and large is in our neighboring states uh for those of you that uh didn't get an a plus in geography uh, nebraska borders six different states and five of those currently have uh constitutional carry in their states so uh, Wyoming, South Dakota, Iowa, Missouri, and Kansas, we can cross into those states and we as Nebraskans can carry permitless, I believe, in all five of those. Uh, none of none of those states have a provision that only pertains to their own residents like, uh, like say, North Dakota does. And so, um, and, and Colorado would be the sixth that we border that, that doesn't allow that. Um, so, uh, so yeah, here's here's what we see. Even just looking at those those other states, is that not only um, not only do the citizens still seek out the CHP class or whatever they call it in their state, but uh, they tend to seek out more training just as a whole, because by and large, most Americans and especially Americans in the middle of the country, you know, the, the flyover states, as it were, and I'm kind of happy about that for the most part. I'd like to keep Nebraska secret 
and keep it beautiful and, and not get it california so yeah it's ugly and boring and flat here y'all don't want to come here but anyway um most of the good people out here they're responsible they recognize the need for training uh there is and i can tell you this from experience and i've only been an instructor for about a year now but uh the the demand for training far outweighs the supply and if there were more instructors there'd be even more people i think willing to to take classes um it's it's time and distance right now that seem to be the the two the the only two um contributing factors to reasons why people don't take more classes now across nebraska and it's incidentally the same reason i don't offer more classes as an instructor because it's it's not my full-time job i've got a full-time job and then we've got two companies one of which is the instructor business and and uh we're trying to get to make that grow but i've got to have time and i've got to have a place to do a class um and so uh i would offer more if, if i had all my weekends free but but i don't so we we work around we work around the full-time job schedule but that's just it is you out there as as viewers and listeners that uh that those of you that aren't instructors you already know this you have to work around your work schedule too and so whenever i have a class i get tons of interest but uh it's not always that many that that actually are able to sign up because it, it falls on a weekend excuse me it falls on a weekend where they already had something planned or uh, they're not going to be around you know whatever or they have to work and so um yeah more classes would actually be be beneficial too because and, and the reason i said that is because there is a huge demand for training um even now just uh you know, being a, a shall issue state, there are way more people that want to take my class than, than I can get in to a class. And of course, uh, if you, if you're an instructor that teaches the, the Nebraska CHP course, you already know this, but, uh, the state patrol regulates how many students can be, uh, in the classroom per one instructor and how many, uh, shooters on the firing line per one instructor. And so, uh, we have we can have a ratio of 25 to 1 in the classroom. So doing this all alone, I can only have 25 people at a time in a class. And then on the uh, on the firing line at the range, you can only have five to one. So which is why I have a sign up sheet and we block the day out into hour long blocks to get everybody through. But only five at a time can can be on the line at, at any given time. So uh, so, yeah, it takes a little bit of time to, to get through a class. So um doing things the way I do it and I don't have an indoor range. So we have to work with the weather, right? And not only the temperature, but also the length of daylight in the day. That's why I don't have classes this time of year because I, I don't have an indoor place to shoot, which means we have to get it done in the daytime. And uh, right now it's a little chilly too. So it, it's hard to expect people to sign up for a class where they have to go outside and, and shoot and reload magazines where they, they can't feel their fingers. I, I totally understand the, the uh, hesitancy to sign up for something like that. Plus, the instructor himself is going to be out in it all day long, typically. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm tough, but I'm not that tough in the cold. I am built for cold, so I can handle some of it. So, um, so yeah, we know that the, the demand is out there, but... Uh, what we're going to see, and any of you that, that are watching because 
you would like to know exactly why constitutional carry is something that every instructor should push for. And that is my goal tonight is to, uh, to convince some of you maybe who, uh, who aren't either, either you're sure you're against it or you're not sure you're for it. Uh, we're going to present some reasons why we should all as instructors work together. Uh, well, we should all as Nebraskans work together to, to get LB 77 passed. But uh, there's several different reasons, and, and we're just going to kind of, uh, again, not go around the horn. We'll just make this kind of just a, uh, like a, like a round table, and we'll be, you know, we'll be courteous and try not to walk on each other here. But, uh, you know, first and foremost is just kind of what you said. So once we negate the requirement for a permit, then the requirements of the class can uh, can be messed with too. Now, again, every instructor who offers the CHP now is going to keep offering it, right? And you're going to want to because you'll find out more people will decide that they want to take that class. And the state patrol dictates what has to be covered in your curriculum. And so typically you're looking at, depending on the instructor, six to eight hours of time uh, sitting on your butt in the classroom. And then depending on how the instructor sets up their their range sessions, um, you know, you might just go shoot your 30 rounds and that's it. Um, I typically have people practice a little bit and uh, get more comfortable um, shooting side by side by side on the line because typically right now, the only instruction that 90% of Nebraskans will ever go to is the class for their CHP and they'll never take another class. Uh, and part of that is because they think that the CHP class is designed to teach them everything they need to know. Well, that's true and it's not. It is, it's true because everything has to be covered in a certain way, not only the the Nebraska state laws that, that pertain, but also uh, you have to talk about um, de-escalation. You have to talk about conflict avoidance. You have to talk about uh, the use of deadly force when, when it's justifiable, when it's not justifiable. Yeah. What am I missing, Rich? You have to talk about safe storage. You have to talk about how firearms work and how cartridges work. You basically it's designed to, if, if you've never, uh, never been around guns before, then this class is going to basically teach you the stuff, even the, the basic beginner stuff. And the, the problem with that, that I and have the basic fundamentals. Yeah. The basic fundamentals. The, the thing about this is, um, Typically, the people who who show up to a CHP class, if you don't already know how to shoot your gun and how to load and unload and clear basic malfunctions like a stovepipe jam or something like that, then uh, then you shouldn't be in the CHP class. You should be in a beginner's class, an intro to firearms, something like that, because showing up to a concealed handgun permit class, not knowing how to shoot your gun is really the same thing as showing up to the DMV to take your driver's test, not knowing how to drive the car. The instructor, the driver's instructor is, is not there to instruct you. He's there to grade you. He expects, or she expect that you already by that point know how to run the machine. And the state of Nebraska, when it comes to handguns, it's a little bit different because that should be the case. But at the same time, um, they, uh, they still assume that there's going to be somebody in the class that doesn't know anything. And so they have to take into account 
that we need to teach those folks some stuff too. So it's, it's a lot of sitting through stuff that, that you already know, um, cleaning the guns, another one that has to be touched on. And so, um, once constitutional carry gets passed, then the, uh, the opportunity is there to cut out a whole bunch of that or cut it into smaller blocks. If you want to teach a class, that's only the Nebraska state law portion. People want to know where they can and can't carry things like that. What the, what the laws on the books here say, that's something that every Nebraskan should sit through and learn before they, they carry a handgun, um, whether concealed or open, I think everybody should know that stuff. Um, you can cut out the, the de-escalation and conflict avoidance. You can cut out the, um, the using deadly force and when it's justified and when it's not and make those all separate classes. You don't have to charge the full amount that you would for a CHP. You can uh, do it in, a, in an hour or two instead of six to eight. Each one of those people can pick and choose what they want for, for classes and then the ones that want to get their concealed handgun permit absolutely have the option of taking the full class, which is the only way to get certified, to get that certificate to go apply for that. Um, John, so you know, another thing, too, is that as a consumer yeah. myself, you know, the way you market, it's going to be important. You can market it as a series of courses. Like you said, a person could take. We'd have the, the level one beginners class and have a level two class and then have like a gun law class. You could have like a series, you know, almost like an academy you could go through and take the different modules you know and have that instruction uh because i look at all the different classes i've taken and it would have been convenient just to be able to go to one place with one instructor and do them all instead of going to four or five different instructors in different locations you know you just got to be more creative with the marketing too if people are worried about losing the concealed carry registration dollars well there's a lot of there's gonna be a lot of basic firearm ownership courses i think people will take uh you know understanding of the law so you get like you said you could cover it in one class or break it into several classes so I think there's a lot of opportunity for instructors. You might just have to kind of open up your your mind to what you do. Um, that's very yeah. cool. See, I, I do a fighting tree. pistol one, two, and three, and, a and see that's what I took rifle with my one and two and three as well. And yeah, yeah, I took a, a defensive pistol one and two class with the same instructor that did my concealed carry class. I took those as separate classes also on the side because I liked his style. I liked the presentation. It was fun to do a lot of shooting. I love the drills that we did. And, you know, he made money off my my attending his courses. It was a win-win, you know? Mm -hmm. Yep, exactly right. Okay, before we go any further. And I think that's where. Give me just a second. Rich. I think that's uh, where the instructors are going to gain the most. I think you're right. We're going to we're gonna bring in one more uh, panelist here who is uh, also a firearms instructor, not from Nebraska. This has been an all-Nebraska panel until now. So we're going to bring Rob Beckman, who uh, you may know from the firearm trainer podcast. If you're in Ohio, you may know him because you've taken his class. Uh, if you are listening and not watching right now, I promise his name is Rob. He is not uh, a TV star whose voice you may recognize. <laughs> Thank you, John. Yeah. I like that inter introduction. <laughs> <laughs> you never hear that, right? Nobody ever tells you you sound like that guy. No, never. Not exactly no, right. They always look at me and like, you sound like somebody like Fred Flintstone. Like, no, not exactly. It's like, yeah, Fred Flintstone, John Goodman. Yeah, John Goodman. It's like, yeah, he played Fred <laughs> Flintstone. They get it. Oh, I was going to say Ricky Ricardo, so I don't <laughs> Okay. I guess uh, Desi Arnaz, but still. Uh, no, I'm kidding. That's, that's obviously you sound a lot like John Goodman. You, you've, we've talked about this before, you know. Um, okay, so uh, 
get back to the comments here. I wanted to throw in one more comment up on the screen here. Um, or at least I'm going to say I'm going to do it. I guess you'll never know if I do. But uh, Patriot out there, uh, for those of you that don't know, Patriot in the Dark is a concealed carrier who is blind. He, he can't see. And uh, so he says, I got my CPL, so if I ever get pulled over driving, I can hand them it. It'll be hilarious. Uh, yeah, you're going to get busted, but not for, your, not for a concealed handgun. That's for sure. You're probably still going to be in some trouble, dude. Just saying. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's awesome. So, all right here. Um, so, Rob, you've had uh, constitutional carry over in Ohio now for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, about a, seven months so far. You've been a trainer for uh, a day or two now. Mm-hmm. And so um, what have you seen in in Ohio? And I don't know. I'm guessing you probably have your finger on the pulse a little bit of statewide how uh, how people are, are seeking out training and things like that. But what are you seeing in in Ohio? Does Does it kind of support what we've been talking about here? Well, in my mind, I'll go back and give it just a chronological um, kind of progression from uh, Ohio's had concealed carry since 2004. Uh, concealed carry classes back then were 12 hours, and they costed about 200 bucks to doing. I mean, that was heck of a gravy train for the instructors that were out there teaching it. Go along and fast forward to about 2015, they took it down from 12 hours down to eight hours. Um the course requirements really didn't change at all, except for the time for it. And then just last year, they took it from uh, the eight-hour course to get your uh, permit down to, or they start recognizing permitless carry. And the one thing that was really interesting about it during that whole time, and I've been teaching for a little over 12 years now, is I've seen the uh, students haven't really changed a whole lot. Um, initially, there were a lot of fire, firearm enthusiasts that were doing it, but the past 12 years, most of them have been the uh, uh, the, the suburban pe- uh, people that want to have some ability to protect themselves. It's been urban people that you know are fed up with the you know, street crime, different things, and they need something to protect their families with. And the one thing that, that I always got down to the end of the concealed carry class, the state-required concealed carry class, and I'd ask them, you know, does everybody feel like they're ready to go out there and carry? And they're, they'd all be shaking their heads. And I'd be saying, no, you're not. No, you're not. You've got to understand law better. You need to understand firearms better and how to shoot. Um, in eight hours, you just don't have enough time to, to give them what they actually need. And the nice thing I like about permitless carry is it allows us to craft the classes to what the students need not to what a bureaucrat wanted. There's still a lot of advantages to having a concealed carry card um, uh, that you carry, and you know, it kind of turns into a good guy card if you do get pulled over. But also too, at the same time, I tell people, it might be your right to go along and uh, carry permitless, but it's also your responsibility to know the laws because there is no excuse to go along carrying into a, you know, IE post office, government building, police station, all these no-go zones that, when we go over it in class, we actually teach you about it. Uh, I've got a fairly decent number of people that follow my uh, Facebook group for my, for my training where we, where I bring up different uh, self-defense scenarios and I have people, you know, ask, okay, what would, 
you know, how does this sound to you and read what happened to them overall, as far as how they reacted to it. And then all of a sudden they get charged because they did something that they shouldn't have done, you know, during that whole uh, situation, they escalated the fight. They, they did things. And those, that's where I go along and tell people just because you read the rules book, you know, came coming out from the state doesn't mean that you have any, you have the knowledge. You really need to understand how it's going to be applied for it and staying up with the current laws, staying up with how it's applied in various states. I'm down here in Cincinnati. I can throw a stone and hit Kentucky and I can, in 10 minutes, I can walk over to Indiana. I'm that close to, you know, two other states. And that's where, you know, I always tell people, make sure you understand because what's legal in Kentucky isn't necessarily legal in Ohio or Indiana. And you've got to be a lot more well-rounded than just a eight hour course for it. And that's the problem is to, to, to cram everything that people need to know into eight hours is like you said, it's impossible. You can only just hit the high points of Mm -hmm. of each topic. You can't dig into any, any single thing. And, and again, that that's a problem that I have too, with even what Nebraska state patrol has, has set up. Now we don't have a specific uh, time limit or, or time minimum. So the, the state patrol wants to make sure that uh, each point gets covered how long it takes you to do so is, is up to you. They don't they don't require a, a minimum amount of time as long as as the curriculum does cover all the mm-hmm. stuff that is required. So uh, so that's pretty neat, too. Um, and, but, and here's some, here's something for instructors that are out there kind of listening and, and thinking, OK, my gravy train is going to go away. Right. Uh, I can honestly say in 2022, I taught less concealed carry holders, um, you know, their permit class. But I can tell you the number of students I taught actually went up because right. instead of just offering concealed carry classes, I was able to go along and, and offer less than lethal classes with uh, pepper spray. I could go sure. along and, and offer classes like legal use of force class, um, first aid class, because, hey, you're going to carry a firearm. You're going to be in a violent situation. You're going to need to know how to patch yourself up, your family member up or more likely not, you're going to see an accident. You're going to be the first responder there. And, you know, if you can save somebody from bleeding out during, from an accident, that's even better. So it's a, it's kind of life skills doing things. And I've taken my business and pivoted along those lines. I'm not, you know, relying on doing concealed carry class every single month, but okay. Once, once a quarter and get a good size class and fill in the rest of the time and telling people, Hey, I'm doing a, you know, advanced uh, pistol draw class next month, you know, for, you know, four hours. And then we're going to talk about legal use of force. Um, done some force on force classes, which as I go along and tell people, it's really easy to go along and shoot a piece of paper. It's a whole nother ball game when the piece of paper starts shooting back at you and starting starting to wire the brain properly on which when would you and how would you properly engage somebody if that if that time ever came about. Yeah, that that's awesome. And uh the instructors, and like I said earlier, I've only been an instructor for about a year, and it's it's not a full-time job for me. It, it is a part-time gig right now. Uh, so I don't have this developed, but the instructors who have gone through and, and developed uh, courses for uh, shoot, don't shoot, isn't even, you know, that that's an invaluable tool because mm-hmm. that introduces some critical thought into uh, the more than just just you know action reaction right so 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 now you have to decide uh you know is the alien doing the chin-ups on the street light okay and you're going to shoot the little girl with the the advanced uh, applied physics book um 
kudos to yeah. all of you out there in the audience that actually got that reference. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, I mean that that makes a, a huge a huge difference. And and again, as an instructor, um, once your state goes constitutional carry, your your income and your offerings to the public are only limited by you and your imagination, really. So uh, if and you, the cool thing is you can uh, develop, uh, you know, over time, what is actually what works the best, what the public is really uh, looking for, what they're going to sign up for. So if, if people want to know about the legal stuff, you can do that. Um, but yeah, the the uh, the first aid thing is is a huge one because uh, those of you that own both a firearm and a tourniquet, I mean, you're you're infinitely more likely to need that tourniquet in your lifetime than you are that firearm. Now, we put a lot of emphasis on the tool that goes bang, right, and learning how to use that correctly and safely. Um, but the the tool that you're actually more likely to need, you should practice with that, too. Mm-hmm. Uh so yeah, that that's an amazing that's an amazing thing. I don't offer that class here because there's somebody else in town who who offers it for less than I would charge. I took that class and I'll just point people to that one because I can't do it better and I don't want to compete. So I'll I'll focus on other stuff that I can do that I'm good at um, mm-hmm. and, and let them do what they're they're good and, at. And here, here's I'm something cool. else that I always go along and tell instructors when they go along and you know oh wow you know. You know, states go and permitless carry, constitutional carry. What am I going to do? And I tell them, you realize that 80, 90% of what new students think is going to happen during a gunfight is, is based on movies and such. Yeah. I mean, somebody gets shot and they get blown through, through the glass in a wall or something else like that. You go along and show them actual shootouts. And it doesn't happen like that. You, it, you know, the bad guy doesn't go down on one shot. You know, and that's where you've got to help reprogram their minds to understand yeah. that, hey, you've got to have the fight, the will to live and the determination to see see tomorrow if you're going to you know, survive a violent encounter, because some of it might be guns, some of it might be hand to hand. But at the end of the day, guess what? You've got to still have that drive and that will to survive because it's going to be your worst day. And, you know, before help gets there, it's going to get yeah. really bad before it gets better. Exactly right. And, and something else that uh, we we do cover a little bit in our classes here in Nebraska, um, or at least it, it's part of, of the uh, curriculum that I use through USCCA. Um, but what people also need to realize is if you ever have to defend yourself with that firearm, uh, you need to know what comes next because we spend an awful lot of time uh, working up to and including the, the press of the trigger. And there's so many times that people are are just completely unprepared for what happens after that because it's kind of like when you're kids and you know all the neighborhood kids to get, get together and you've got your bikes and you've got a, a cinder block and a two before and you make that ramp right and the plan mm-hmm. is to get uh, get a good run at it pedal as fast as you can hit that board go up that board with your bike and that's as far as we ever planned once we got airborne we didn't know what was coming after that, right? We didn't have a plan for what to do after we launched that bike and it never ended well. Uh, you always and, let Mikey go first, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> right, exactly. Um, so, uh, so yeah, that, that's exactly, that's exactly yeah. what happens in a lot of situations in life where the, the follow through and the training on what to expect after you've used your firearm is, yeah. you know, that's something that needs to you be know, interacting with police because yeah. again, 
Hollywood would uh, lead us to believe that you shoot that career criminal, the police are going to come up to you, pat you on the back, and like you saved us a lot of trouble. You know, thank you. But in reality, anybody who's gone along and and done any research on how shooting actually goes, they're going to look at you and it's like, okay, we're going to have a long talk. And you're probably going to end up in jail cell for the night as they're trying to sort through everything to see whether were you one of his uh, uh, cohorts, you know, that he ended up getting shot in the process of you committing another crime or, you know, who are you and different things like that. And that's where people always ask the question, like, but I didn't do anything wrong. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, right. But the police are there at that point to go along and make sure, uh, you know, and collect evidence. It, and it, and the, the police, it's another thing that I hear a lot, you know, is, is, uh, you know, I had the right to remain silent, but I, I didn't have the ability, you know, if it, once you invoke that right to remain silent, it's on you to actually remain silent. Right. So, uh, a lot of people are afraid that they'll look guilty and the police, you know, won't uh, believe that they're the innocent party, but the reality is that's not the police's job. They, they don't decide who's guilty and who's not. They just collect all the facts and give it to the prosecutor. And the prosecutor decides if he or she thinks you're guilty and worth uh, charging or not. And so uh, it, it makes you look smart, not guilty, if you actually clam up and, and wait for an attorney to be present before you answer any questions. Have you ever uh, looked into or read the story about Thomas Joxall out in Arizona? Um, he he that, saved an Arizona State Patrolman uh, life by killing his attacker. I've, I've. That sounds familiar. I think yeah. I've read briefly on I, that, but I, not in I've depth. I've had him on my, my podcast before, but just to preface it, he pulls up a a bad guy, a shot the state trooper, then was beating him, you know, mercilessly on the side mm-hmm. of the road, and he decides to pull over, pulls his gun, shoots him. And then all of a sudden he starts hearing the sirens and everybody uh, uh, coming toward him. Think about, you know, what would you do in that situation? You're the only, you're the only one that's not hurt and you've got a gun. You got a whole bunch of police coming and they're coming because they got an officer needs assistance call. That's a really, really bad situation. He told me that he spent about eight hours in the back of a cop car as they were trying to unwind everything on the side of the road. And you can imagine the scene was was chaotic. But after the eight hours, they finally figured out he was a good guy, got him lunch, you know, helped him get on get on his way and everything. But it's a story that you really got to kind of listen to and think about what would you do? Because yeah. I know some people go along and say, you know, you know, not my circus, not not my, you know, not not my, um, you know, job to get get there on the side of the road. But how many people could actually drive by? somebody you know police officer uh particularly and just watch them getting beat mercilessly on the side of the road oh yeah yeah that's something that we we talk about when i teach classes is you know in nebraska you do have the right to use deadly force to not only save yourself from imminent threat but uh you know a a third party as well and i tell people as you know it it's up it's entirely up to you and nobody knows until the time comes you know exactly what you're going to decide, but your first duty is to get home to your family. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but at the same time, I also understand that you've got to be able to face the person looking at you from the mirror, and and you know you got to live with yourself. And and if you're not the type of person that can can live with yourself for not coming to the aid of somebody, um, you know, provided you know all the context and, and the whole situation, and you know uh, clear cut who's the the good guy and who's the bad guy then uh you know again you 
you are justified here in Nebraska to to intervene on behalf of a third party as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that that's a big thing. Um, so look what up, other look um, up that story because it it really does for those listeners it really will send chills up your your spine when you're reading about it. Do you uh, do you have a link handy that you can get to for for your episode of? Of that where he was on there. If you can throw that over in the uh, private chat, I'll I'll copy and paste it into the, the yep, comments. Yeah, I will uh, get that in just a minute here. Um, okay, so uh, so Travis and Joe, I know you guys aren't instructors, um, but uh, feel free to kick in any thoughts you have at this point, as far as um, you know, as I guess since we're the producers of the training, you guys are the consumers. So so speaking from the consumer end of it, what do you guys think there? You know, I, I after taking my concealed carry course, I, I really wish that I would have had more instruction on just like Nebraska state law and the statutes. Like I knew what I was told not to carry, but there were technical situations I've run into where I didn't know who to ask questions of. Like, okay, for work, I have to stow it in my vehicle, but I got to get out in a parking lot and it's a place where guns aren't allowed. What am I supposed to do? Do I stow it before I get on the parking lot? It's just when you go into the statutes, it just, it, the way that they're written, just your average person who doesn't follow the law, it, it can really be hard to follow. So, I mean, if I could have had further instruction, some other course I could have taken or just a gun law course or just, you know, just whatever you want to call it, just just like beyond just the concealed carry course, but the actual what if scenarios or whatever, that really would have helped me tremendously because I spent a lot of time trying to figure out, you know, how these things work or even trying to figure out reciprocity maps and, and where to go for resources on that. And what's up to date and what do their laws actually mean? You know, questions like that would have been nice to have. And just like it may be an advanced handgun course or something, or, you know, like now you're done with your carry, you know, permit course. You know, let, let's go to the next level. It would have been nice to have that kind of instruction. Cause I mean, you think, you know, the laws, but do you really, you know, we, we don't really know, you know? So exactly. Um, I, like I said, I think that there are a lot of options for more courses people can take just going beyond concealed carry. And I, I think a lot of people, especially in Nebraska, when we get constitutional carry, there'll be a lot of people that decide that they want to um, take some basic firearms education courses because they know they want the handgun. They like the ability that they can conceal and not make people panic, you know, when they go into the places they go into, but they might not have ever handled a gun before. So I, I just think that you have a potential for a lot of Nebraskans that they're going to want to educate themselves. So, yeah, for sure. Uh, Joe, anything you want to uh, throw out there? Yeah, I enjoyed the the concealed carry class so much. I ended up taking it twice. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I ran out of time, went and had it, and then I yeah, I'd do it again. But you know, honestly, even in that case, I had a positive attitude about it because it's like, you know, what you missed the first time, you picked up the second time. Um, and then I, I got it taken care of. And and I agree with Travis on that. You know, the I think a lot of people think that the the carry concealed class is kind of the one all be all, and it's all the information, and there's so much more. I mean, just you know, if you're carrying behind you in an apex or on the side, you know, and you're in a vehicle and you're like, crap, I can't get out here with this. And mm-hmm. so here you are struggling in a front seat. You try not to flag yourself and, and, and box it before you ever get out, you know, in those situations or else you have to leave, go somewhere else, get out, do it and then come back. It, you know, there, there's a lot of uh, scenarios that I agree with them with that. I think that some additional training, some different situations would really be beneficial. And I think that having constitutional carry will definitely get a lot more people going, okay, I can carry, but I want to be safe. They know they need to be safe and they're going to show up and want more of those classes. 
Absolutely. I think it's going to open up the field for you guys to even advance farther than what you teach now. I really do. I think so too. And and Travis, you kind of touched on this here just a second ago too, but even if you if you're out there and you're an instructor and you're in uh, you know a state like Nebraska that has not yet um, gone constitutional carry or permitless carry, if uh, if you would consider maybe offering the uh, just a refresher course on the state law portion, um, I guess it just now dawned on me that I don't have to wait for Nebraska to get that before I, I make that an option because I can cover that in a couple hours time. And uh, there may be current uh, CHP holders out there who, uh, you know, they've had their, their permit now for five years, 10 years, 20 years. And uh, they, uh, well, almost and the laws years. have changed. In yeah. Nobody's time. had one for you 20 know. yet uh, since we got it in 2006, but uh, carry like, permit refresher course, you yeah, know, just pushing, call it that. Like, do you know that. the current laws? Do you just, know what just Nebraska? Yeah. yeah. Nebraska law portion of the CHP class would still be something that uh, I think everybody should, should uh, sit down and, and take. Um, one of the things that uh, I haven't uh, scheduled it yet, but I, I do have a, a class about a three-hour class. It's on home defense, but it also covers the justify uh, justification of deadly force in the aftermath of a shooting. It's all wrapped up in there, and uh, it's something that can be taught. You know, there's no firearms in the classroom. There's no live fire required. Anybody can take it. Uh, if you're not a carrier, but you're a firearm owner and you've got a, a home <laughs> defense gun, you still need to know when you're justified, when you're not. You know, a lot of people... It, and, Rob and Rich, I'm sure you guys uh, see the same thing where, where you are too, but how many times have you seen eyebrows go up when you explain to somebody that you, they cannot shoot somebody for taking their stuff? Mm -hmm. Several. Yeah. Or I mean, it, shoot it's, them and drag them back in the house. Yeah. That's one yeah that I've heard that, that so many say. times. Oh. But it's a Hollywood, you know, urban legend type of thing. It keeps getting repeated. I mean, you see it on TV shows and stuff like that. That's why people think, oh, that's got to be all right and it's like um yeah. it's modern crime scene investigation they figure out very quickly that the body was moved without a, without a question yeah yeah there's no way to uh there's no way to hide that mm -hmm. uh, absolutely so yeah i think we did this here several years back but i i think that uh here in weeks to come we may we may just have an episode of uh bad advice from instructors that people have, have gotten uh, over the years and, and you know if your instructor says to do this maybe don't do this uh that'd be a great topic for for down the road um you know john that makes a really good example though of like you were saying earlier and i, I think travis was the one that's, that he took like two or three classes from one guy because he really enjoyed it and had a good time uh -huh. you know I, I think that that makes a really good a point because there we've all had those guys that you just kind of you look at them funny, kind of like, really, did you just say that? And I yeah. think when you're able to build a rapport with a good instructor, you're going to you're going to come back more. It's like a return customer. Hey, yeah, you know, exactly. you're 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 in the in that business anyway. But I, I, I think that definitely helped. That they're not going to give you the bad advice, you know, and I, I, I really think that's a positive because I think we've all definitely heard it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we've gone through in the past and had an episode where um, we uh, we talked about what what not to look for in an, in an instructor. You know, if, if your instructor and it's not so much specific uh, advice that they that they teach, uh, but it's more, you know, if your instructor says that uh, everybody that's ever uh, taught a class before is full of crap and this way that I'm teaching is the only right way 
you know, stuff like that. That that should be a huge red flag. If your instructor says that their way is the only right way, uh, then you probably should uh, not sign up for more classes from that person. Um, because we, we all know that uh, it's such a, an individual journey, right, to go on the concealed carry path or the home defense path or self-defense path, whatever it is. And so, I mean, there are a few things that are universal, right? Don't point a loaded gun at something that you uh, can't afford to replace. Yeah, that's a that's a given. But uh, when it comes to, you know, certain techniques or whatever, uh, you know, nobody has all the answers. It's just like going to uh, a college, you know, uh, going to college or anything else, there's no professor in any given college that knows everything that there is to know about a given topic. And so uh, if you want to, uh, if you want to be a great doctor, you don't only ever learn from one doctor, right? You, you take classes from several different doctors. If you want to be a great, uh, a great shooter, you don't only ever learn from one other shooter. You should seek out classes from, from lots of different instructors. It, again, if you find somebody that you click with, there's absolutely no reason to not keep taking their classes. If 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 the business is Sandhills Defense in Northeast Nebraska and you like the instructor, please absolutely sign up for more of his classes. Um, <laughs> but uh, you no know, and, shameless and plug right there. No shameless all. plugs right there. I'm just hey, I'm just plugging our our sponsor for tonight's show. That's all. Uh, it, it's entirely uh, non self gratifying. Um, not no nothing whatsoever you know what in fact we could even do here let's just do that since it goes up above travis's head now okay and rob i do see where you had uh dropped that link in the private chat so let me get that put in here um yeah it's a, it's a heck of a story to listen to um i i bring that up to a lot of you know, instructors as well as uh, students because how many times do you get to talk to a, a civilian who's been in a shooting and at the same time in a really bad situation in that you know there was a you know officer shooting and he wasn't the person who was shooting but you're the guy holding the gun when all the other officers come which is just like the worst case scenario that could have went south really quick if he wasn't smart about things yeah exactly and again um you know it, it's it's an old cliche at this point but it's it's so true you don't know what you don't know and so there, there are so many things, every class that I take, I learned something that I didn't even know I didn't know. And, and the more, the more classes I take, the more knowledge I gain, the, the hungrier I get for more knowledge. Um, you know, it's, it's like, uh, what's that old story with the subtraction soup? The more you eat, the hungrier you get. It's kind of like that. The, the more, the more instruction I consume, the hungrier I get for more instruction and uh so you know again even as a trainer we don't uh we don't stop taking other trainers classes either we we always want to stay sharp as an educator travis never stops uh his education your your education is ongoing to be a, a better teacher and uh education should be ongoing to be a better teacher on the firing range as well um but and again that goes back to you know anybody that says they know everything there is to know uh clearly doesn't know well, I shouldn't say doesn't know anything, but clearly doesn't know anything. So um, I do want to throw a couple comments that I just saw here. Um, G23 says, if someone is committing a, I believe he meant felony on your property in Oregon, 
you have the or a gun you have the legal right to defend it with a firearm and that comes back to knowing your state laws because that is such a, a state by state situation there uh that's not the case here and i know that there are uh different versions of castle doctrine different versions of standard ground laws uh we have a terrible version of stand we, we don't have standard ground um i'm not even entirely thrilled with our castle doctrine uh, it could be better but uh also, G-Webs out there says, uh, pro tip, if you want to be a good shooter, don't shoot the 10 millimeter short, uh, also known as the 40 caliber Smith & Wesson. Don't shoot that one. Uh, I know that's not exactly what he typed, but uh, I'm, I'm just reading between the lines because I know what he really meant. Uh, so uh, so go with some sort of uh, like a, uh, you know. 40 super carry. A 35 caliber Parabellum is perfect. It's the best all-around cartridge, I think. G-Webs would agree. Um. <laughs> Ouch. Um all right. So uh does anybody have anything else that uh we haven't talked about um that needs to be said as far as the way that constitutional carry is a benefit uh and not only you know to to the citizens at large, but benefits instructors, but it can also benefit uh those who, who would become students. Anything that we need to, to cover yet that we haven't really touched on? My producer's shaking her head no because she doesn't like to stay up late with these. <laughs> I would just say, you know, constitutional carry just it's gonna it's gonna help it's gonna help ensure a more more secure and safe society. Part of it is you won't know who's carrying or who's not. Another part of it is you'll have people um, arming themselves for maybe the first time in their life and they're able to defend themselves for the first time in their life. Um, yeah. You know, and, and I guess I would like to maybe see some crime crime statistics. Do do crimes, you know, crimes, you know, in terms of just like assaults or whatnot, do those crimes drop off in states after they pair after they pass constitutional carry? I'd like to see what's happened in Texas and Kansas. I would I would assume yes. Yeah. Because you're gonna pick a fight with this guy, you don't know if he's hacking, or are you gonna try to rob this person? They could have a gun. You know, I mean, honestly, you know, it, sure. Which should be uh, the case anyway, because yeah. whether it's yeah. whether it's lawful to do so. Um, or not, I mean, anybody that you run into uh, at any given point could have, uh, you know, either a legal or illegal concealed uh, weapon of some type on them, right? I mean, it just behooves you to to think about that before you start lipping off to people, right? But, uh, uh, you know, in, in the great scheme of things, I mean, that, that's really what it comes down to. Uh, we're not going to get into reasons to pass constitutional carry. We did that a week ago. Um, actually, I will... You know what? I've got a link. I can put that right there in the... Uh, here's a link to last week's episode if you missed it. Over on the YouTube side anyway. Um, if you're watching on Facebook, then you can find the videos really easily uh, in our videos tab on the page too. Uh, but uh, yeah, we talked about reasons to pass constitutional carry a week ago. Uh, G-Webs also says... He's got some good stuff tonight. I think a great benefit of constitutional carry is the awareness that everyone in the state gains with the confidence that you can trust your neighbor with property that is dangerous. And yeah, that comes back to, um, you know, pass the constitutional carry law and the streets don't run red with blood, right? I mean, we, we've not heard about Tucson or Phoenix or Flagstaff having, uh, you know, gunfights in the street. Uh, Tombstone's different, but that's been a lot of years ago now. Uh, but, uh, but all joking aside, it, it just hasn't happened the same way it hasn't happened, you know, in, in our neighboring States. Like I said before, uh, you know, 
It hasn't happened in Des Moines. It hasn't happened in Kansas City. It hasn't happened in St. Louis, of all places, has not become just a, a battleground, right, with, with permitless carry being uh, allowed in Missouri. And so it's not going to happen in Omaha. It's not going to happen in Lincoln. It's not going to happen in, uh, you know, Lynch, Nebraska, uh, any more so than it, than it already it's already not happening, right? Because people by and large, like I said earlier, they're, they are responsible. Uh, and, and that's, I think, again, we'll just go back to that. And, and that is the, what it comes down to as an instructor is you need to understand the population is not, um, again, by and large, the population is not irresponsible. If they were, we would not be pushing to, to grant, I shouldn't say grant more freedom to, to recognize that the constitution um, says we have these freedoms, right. And, and to, to get our freedoms back that the government uh, infringed upon. And so uh, if, if we really thought that people couldn't be trusted, I wouldn't be pushing for such a thing. Um, I, I think by and large people can be responsible. I think they've, they've shown themselves to be responsible. I think that uh, firearm uh, accidents and negligent discharges are by far and away the, the exception, right. Not the rule. Um, and, uh, I, I do think that, uh, with increased awareness, I think that the number of accidents even goes down because we will see more people decide to, to get some training. It'll be more cost effective. Uh, even the, the lower income households, you know, it, it's a lot easier to take a 25 or a $50 class than 125 for a CHP class. And then another hundred to the state patrol. Um, you know, I mean, you can, again, you can chop that up into smaller, more manageable bites, um, uh, and I tell you what, if, if you absolutely need some of this training and you you can't afford it, get in touch with me. We'll figure something out uh, because I don't uh, I don't think anybody should be denied their their rights or the the responsibility to exercise those rights. Uh, hey, John, some, yeah. something here in Ohio that pushed I, I would say pushed it over the goal line for us was the pandemic. Uh, sure. And one of the things about it is that people all of a sudden realized was all of a sudden during the pandemic everybody went lockdown and crime started going up the police weren't responding as much as they used to and nobody you couldn't get your you, they were, were they stopped processing permits and all of a sudden people start realizing like well wait a minute since the government's a gatekeeper and all of a sudden they made all these decisions unilaterally they can prevent people from being able to defend themselves literally and that's where people in Ohio started saying, well, wait a minute, you know, we're good law-abiding citizens. Why don't, why aren't we allowed just to carry period without getting government approval for it? And like I said, we've had seven months uh, of it. And so far I have not read a single story to where somebody, you know, has used a gun erroneously, you know, but they thought they were doing the right thing, you know, because of constitutional carry. It'll be interesting to, uh, to look back five years from now, 10 years from now, and because I'm going to make a prediction and I, I, I don't uh, I'm not going to take the time to track this, but I know somebody will probably John Lott and Crime Prevention Research Center will, will be some of the the folks that will track this stuff. But uh, I'd like to see if violent crime drops off in Ohio, you know, because you're again, you're one of the newer states that, that just got the constitutional carry last year. Um, but I'd like to see if if the level of violent crime drops off and, and not gun crime out there kids if you're listening violent crime as a whole because it doesn't matter uh 
it doesn't matter if if your loved one was shot or knifed or clubbed uh if they're hurt or dead it, it doesn't matter what the what the method used was at that point does it they're either your, your loved one is hurt or they're gone you don't have them anymore and so so what difference does it make how it happened uh what's important is that uh some animal decided to to hurt them or kill them uh so i'd love to be able to to see if the the violent crime rates um have dropped in any of these states and i know that some states have had it for a long time and that data is is out there ohio it's it's too new to tell right you can't mm -hmm. go off of one year you need to track that over over a course of years but but i think that the data if we look at that uh where it is has been compiled i think it'll show that that uh having citizens have better access not only access to to uh better tools for self-defense i.e firearms but uh the ability to to have them with them when they need them that goes a long way to uh preventing violent crime because well wood said it here uh, in a comment when bad guys don't have to worry about citizens being armed the bad guys use guns right so so yeah that's exactly what it comes down to society is safer when the criminals don't know who's armed uh so so yeah that's a good thing so uh we're gonna wrap this up a little bit and uh um you know since four of the five of us have a vested interest in what's going on with uh constitutional carry here in nebraska uh you know i'm, I'm guessing you guys will probably want to hang around rob if you want to hang around for this part we're just going to kind of talk a little bit about uh uh, what's going on here in Nebraska with with NFOA and and uh, this weekend and what's coming up next week? Uh, but uh, if, if you got to get going and you don't need to hang around for that, I'll give you a chance to to give some some closing thoughts if you want to. And where can people find you? Yeah, I need need to uh, get some uh, flyers made up for uh, upcoming classes for it. But thanks for having me on. Um, yeah. Check out the Firearm Trainer Podcast. Uh, you don't have to necessarily be a trainer to uh, get usefulness out of out of the topics we have. Not everything might apply to you, but there's plenty of good topics. If you're around in the Cincinnati area, uh, Cincinnati, Ohio area, Kentucky, Ohio, Indiana, um, check out American Defense Training. That's my company, and we're doing classes on a monthly basis. Uh, some are instructor uh, classes to get certification, and a lot of them are also uh, student classes to get uh, people educated up on how to how to bet, best exercise their, their rights and to live a safe li lifestyle. So, thanks for having me on again, John. You bet. I'm going to throw your uh, website here, the FirearmTrainerPodcast.com, in the comments so people can just click on it. I can spell right. There we go. Uh, so go check out Firearm Trainer Podcast and uh, definitely keep paying attention uh, to, to upcoming episodes. You might just find another familiar voice uh, besides Dan from Roseanne uh, on that podcast <laughs> sometime soon. So just uh, just a little foreshadowing there that there may be something, something in the works. Just saying, uh, Rob, thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for uh, uh, your expertise and your insight. And uh, thanks for everything that uh, that you're doing. We appreciate you. You're welcome. Have a good night, guys. Yeah, thanks, Rob. All right, we will let Rob pop out of here. Um, okay, so a couple things that I want to get to. Uh, and again, if you're, if you're still with us, it's probably because you uh, have a vested interest in what's happening here in Nebraska. Real quick, before we get into that, my beautiful uh, bride is, is reminding me 
Uh, I want to poll the audience. Uh, so those of you that are catching this after the fact and not live, you should be here. You've got some insight. I want to know out there in the comments, um, YouTube, Facebook, whatever you got, wherever you are, uh, if you're if you're on the live chat still, we're contemplating uh, moving to a different night. Uh, Thursday, there's some stuff that, that goes on on Thursdays that uh, we have to you know, obviously cut out of our schedule to be here. We're thinking about a move to Wednesday. Uh, I don't want to uh, go back to the normal Tuesday night because nine o'clock central is is too late. I like doing the eight o'clock time slot. I don't want to compete with night strike. Travis, I don't want you to feel like you have to pick between uh, two different shows that you're typically on uh, most weeks. So don't, don't want to do that to you either, but night strikes a friend of mine. So I don't want to uh, compete with him for, uh, for hit or miss. Um, so, uh, so we're thinking Wednesday night, eight o'clock. Um, is that better for you? Worse for you out there in the, in the comments, you panelists uh, can, can weigh in as well. Um, but, uh, but just let me know. Cause, cause that's kind of what we're thinking. Um, we may do if more people say that they'll watch us on Thursdays live than on Wednesdays, we'll probably keep it the same. If, if people say Wednesday's cool or more people would watch on a Wednesday, then, uh, um, you know, we'll, we'll consider that move. Um, don't know for sure when, but, uh, G23 says, Oh, Chris, Wednesday night at nine Eastern eight central. Is that when Chris is on? That'll cut down on him being on on this show. Yeah, I think that's I think that's when he's on. Or or is it seven seven central, eight eastern? I'm not sure exactly what the what the time slot is. You have to find that out. It's yeah. gonna be it's gonna be eight o'clock. Nine's too late because I typically go more than an hour, uh, and it just gets too late by the end of the night, especially if I have somebody like Rob from from Eastern time. Um, but in uh, seven, it's just too early. There are nights that I don't get home until after seven. Um, and if it's a night that I, I close at my day job, then excuse me, I'm, I'm there till, um, you know, almost six 30 if we don't have any customers keeping us late. So it's just too much stress for me to be able to get, uh, home, not eat, jump right into the show. So eight o'clock seems to work pretty well. Um, Patriot says Wednesday's finalists. I want to do it early Saturday morning. I thought about that. I think I'd get a lot of viewers because there are no, um, there's nobody else doing it then. So, uh, the Patriot, here's the thing. Travis knows this. The reason why I'm not on his show on Caliber Corner Saturdays at, at 8 a.m. Central Time is, is because uh, some Saturdays I have to work and uh, I don't get a chance to be on the show. Other Saturdays I don't have to work and my happy butt wants to sleep till about 8.30 or 9 o'clock. So there are <laughs> times that uh, it the stars align. I don't have to work. And Travis has a, a topic that I absolutely want to weigh in on. And I, I do make it in there. Um, so, uh, yeah. Oh. He starts at 8 o'clock Central. Okay. Um, and G-Web says, just quit the day job hobby. Be ready to host the show earlier. Um, dude, if I could... Uh, if I could it make it that go, easy, man. It's right, if I could easy. make a go of it and uh, not have to pay out of pocket for insurance that'd be a big that's a, the benefits are a big thing right with a with a day job it's not just it's not just the the money it's also the the other stuff that comes it's the power the security the... right <laughs> power and the money money and the power minute after minute anyway um so uh so yeah let us know out there what you guys think um 
we may still move. I, you know what? There's not a time that somebody's not doing a thing. And so uh, I get it if if some of you, uh, you know, won't watch because you're watching somebody else. But we may pick up others, too. I mean, I, I had the same thing happen when I went from Tuesdays to Thursdays. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, if you are not watching live, then uh, hit us up. Uh, either comment down below on the video or email us. Uh, I'm not doing it Sunday morning. Um well, that's when his was. Anyway, um, if uh, or email us, uh, sandhillsmediaempire at gmail, uh, and let us know what you think. And, uh, you know, share this and find out if, if you know somebody you know would be willing to tune in live, right, on, on a Wednesday uh, instead of a Thursday. Or if people want to keep it on Thursdays, we'll see what happens. So, uh, okay, so let's let's talk a little bit about what's happening on, uh, on this weekend. Um, We've got uh, the the Nebraska Deer and Game Expo coming up over the weekend down in Lincoln, Lancaster Event Center, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I should have pulled up the the hours, but I don't uh, I don't have them in front of me for the exact the exact hours. Um, Joe, do you know them? Uh, not right offhand. I thought it was like ten o'clock that started. Well, it's Saturday it does- and Sunday. It starts at three on Friday. That much I know because I'm planning on getting there about right. an hour, uh, about an hour early to get set up. And let's see here. I'm gonna pull this up. Okay, this I got it, be- John. It's um, Friday, January twentieth, from three p.m. to eight p.m. Okay, there we go. And then Saturday, January twenty-first, from nine a.m. to seven p.m. And then Sunday, January 22nd from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. And then there is an admission cost again, but I can just say it is definitely worth it just to check it out. It's I, I had a great time last year when I went to it. Uh, Friday special, ladies, half price all day. So uh, just as a heads up on that. And the military veterans, half price all weekend. That's awesome. All right. I'm, I'm on their Facebook page. I was looking for one of their pictures that actually shows the the show hours but uh they might not have posted one they do have some cool stuff uh they've got uh melissa bachman is coming back from uh, winchester deadly passion so she's going to be doing a few seminars and then she'll have a booth where she's doing autographs and and pictures and whatnot uh can't think of the guy's name because i haven't watched the show since season one but one of the fellas off of swamp people is going to be there same thing, doing some autographs and pictures and, and some seminars. Uh, I know they've got at least one seminar coming up with, uh, uh, I forget the name, but he is uh, the head of, of Nebraska Game and Parks. There's going to be some cool stuff out there. There's a big buck contest. There is a, a shed antler contest. There is, uh, oh, what else? They've got uh, Sunday morning church service, man. No excuse not to go now. So right? They've got go. a, an archery shoot going on. Um, typically... They've got the the inflatable BB gun range out there with 4-H. So the the ki- take the kids. It's a family friendly event. Uh, there's something for all ages out there, uh, and you can buy all kinds of cool popcorn and beef jerky and stuff. You know the uh, go see a, a whole bunch of different uh, outfitters and and hunting guide services. Cabela's will be out there. Uh, Shields will be out there. Some, some good stuff happening. It, it grows every year. But uh, Lancaster Event Center just off 84th Street over there on the east side of Lincoln. Um, so Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I plan to be there 
for all or part of, of all three of the days. Uh, we won't get back to Lincoln until probably 3, 3.30 on Saturday. So if, uh, yeah, if my, if, if my beautiful producer is off uh, her day job in time on Saturday and we can get right on the road and, and get back to Lincoln. Um, but anyway, uh, come check us out and uh, stop and say hi. It's booth number 134 for Nebraska Firearms Owners Association. Get all the details coming up on uh, on the rally, and we're going to talk about that here in just a second and the, the committee hearing and what's happening. Um, also, I haven't had a chance to read through everything, but we've got a couple other bills that uh, one of which NFOA will definitely be addressing. Um, we do have, it was just introduced, uh, I believe yesterday or the day before, there is a new uh, red flag law bill that's been introduced again, couched under the guise of suicide prevention. Um, if you don't know what red flag laws are or extreme risk protection orders, or in this bill, it's just an ex parte protection order. Ex parte, for those of you that aren't aware of legal jar jargon, that means that there's a hearing with a judge and somebody who filed a petition to take your stuff away, but you didn't get invited. You don't know about it. The only way you find out is after the judge signs off on it and sends the police to collect your guns because you've been deemed a threat to yourself or others in the near future. However, if you are dangerous to yourself or others, it seems like uh, if, if you're already that unstable, taking away your guns leaving the uh the toaster in the bathtub all the pills the knives the uh the chainsaws uh the car keys leaving all that stuff uh, and then taking you know taking away your possessions uh with no due process that couldn't possibly tip somebody all the way over the edge could it i mean it's it's just if they're dangerous instead of removing the guns why not remove them oh we already have a law that allows for that don't we Okay, let's just make that one work better. Anyway, that is LB 482. Uh, 482. Yep. And then yep, yep. also, uh, we just had, I want to say it's LB, is it 421? I, I forget the exact name. Uh, this isn't gun stuff. Um, if you follow me on Twitter, you may have seen a tweet that I have since deleted about this. Um the uh, there has been a bill that's been introduced that would um, put an age limit on drag shows, so people under nineteen would not be able to to be at a drag show. Um, people under twenty one would not be able to be at a drag show where alcohol is served. Now, at face value, before I read the bill, I was like, "Yeah, that sounds like a cool thing." Uh, I retweeted a tweet from from Blaze that uh, had said this was happening in Nebraska. Then I sat down and opened up the actual text of the bill and read it. And the problem that I have with this bill, and, and it, it bugs me to agree with Megan Hunt. I don't agree with her in principle. I do agree with her that the bill is not a good bill. She did file um, a motion to uh, to block the bill. Uh, I don't remember what the exact call it, but the, to put a stay on it, uh, which which basically kills the bill because it'll, it'll never come out of committee then. Um, the reasons she did it are different than, than my reasons for not liking the bill. But basically what happens is they define uh, what a drag show is not by the content of the show or the context of the show, but simply by uh, that the main performer in the show is, is dressed up in uh, clothing that, that's opposite what their gender is. 
So if, if there's a girl wearing guy clothes on stage singing or dancing, then kids wouldn't be allowed, even if it's non-sexual in nature. And, uh, and same with, you know, if, if it's, uh, if there's just a guy like, uh, uh, say Marilyn Manson. Now I'm not saying that you should let your kids go to a Marilyn Manson concert, but that's the parents' decision, not the state's. Uh, and he's out there wearing a dress, uh, singing that would constitute a drag show under this law. And that would mean no, uh, no 18 year olds or under would be able to go, but it doesn't have anything to do with the content of the show. It doesn't say, uh, like a, like a burlesque show where there's stripping or, or dancing in a sexual nature. And that's what I don't want to see kids exposed to. Uh, I, it's not about the drag part of the show. It's, it's what they do in those shows typically, uh, that I don't think that uh, little eyes should should be allowed in to see. So if if the bill talked about what's in the show and not who's doing it, then I'd be all about this bill. But the fact is, it does look like it's discriminatory against people that want to dress a certain way. It has n no comment whatsoever on uh, what they're doing besides singing, dancing, performing. But it, it doesn't list anything in a sexual nature. So uh, if, if you're going to back that bill, just understand what you're backing. It, it's not... Uh, it, it's not what it should be in my mind. So uh, again, I don't want to agree with, with Megan Hunt, but at the same time um, I can see where this bill isn't right now. She doesn't want anything that would limit trans people. Um, and it's, it's not a, for me, it's not about trans people. I don't think that little kids should be allowed to see a, a show where straight people uh, take their clothes off and shake their butt in your face either. Right. We already have on that. John. I mean, you can't Literally. go to a strip club. What's yeah. the difference? Well, it depends on if it's like if a it's non alcohol, show. you only have to be 16, right? Or is it 18? It's, it's, 19. it's 18. Is it? 18. I, 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 I think it's, it's 18. Well, it was 18 when I was in high school, but yeah. That's what I'm going off of. <laughs> either, way, um, either way, it's, but like a burlesque show where, uh, you know, there are some articles of clothing removed. There's no nudity, right? So, so that doesn't necessarily count as a strip show, I don't think. So, but still, it's it's sexual in nature. I don't think that children should be exposed to that. But again, that's not what the bill says. So, um, so I just wish that it was was reworded. Um, now, Tootsie or Mrs. Doubtfire? Uh, again, I mean, it, I guess it is the main performer. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, yeah, great shows. Uh, Mash comes to mind, right? Dude walking around in a dress. So. Uh, he was going for section eight. Come on, you know, that's a different story. <laughs> it counts. Clearly, <It> <laughs> a, a big hairy dude, uh, a hairy, uh, what's what Jimmy Far, a Jewish man who is uh, uh, in a wearing a dress, right? Trying to trying to get thrown out of the army because he doesn't want to fight. Um, so, uh, so yeah. Um, oh, M. Gabriel was talking about, I think, red flags also discourages people from getting mental health help. Yeah, the, that's, let's, uh, Let's exacerbate a symptom instead of uh, trying to just fix the underlying or cure the underlying disease altogether, right? Uh, and I'm not saying that mental health is a disease. I'm just saying in general, uh, you know, it's it's not even putting a Band-Aid on a, on a wound. It's, it's dumping, rubbing alcohol on a wound. Uh, and, well, I don't even say that because it's, it's dumping salt on a wound. Because rubbing alcohol may at least have some redeeming value for disinfection, right? It's just pouring salt in the wound instead of actually curing uh, uh, curing the wound. So, so all right. So, uh, anyway, um, LB77, 
constitutional carry in Nebraska. The hearing is set. It is. Uh, it's. It's now officially official. We knew when it was going to happen, but now we know uh, it, it's on the books. January twenty sixth. It'll take up the whole afternoon uh, for the Judiciary Committee. We have yet to be told how long everybody's going to get to talk. From the way that Brewer was talking on our NFOA town hall a couple weeks back, typically what committee chairs will do, and excuse me, and he he has been and, and is a committee chair, so uh, he kind of knows how that works. But typically, if it's going to be a big bill that draws a lot of people, which this will, uh, if we have our way, then they'll usually say three minutes. Now, a couple of years ago, Lathrop dropped it down to one minute each. And uh, that was, you don't even have time to introduce yourself, let alone get a thought out in a minute. So hopefully Senator Wayne doesn't drop it any lower than, than three minutes. It's usually six minutes, but when a lot of people get need to get worked through, they'll, they'll cut it down to three. So plan on a three minute uh, testimony if you're going to show up. If you... Uh, get back here to this page um and i will post this too so, i'm talking about if you can't attend the hearing you can submit your comments online now john yes since since okay. the uh the uh hearing is officially on the legislative calendar for judiciary committee the link is now active on the landing page for the bill so i just posted a link to the landing page of the bill on that landing page let's uh let's go there let me share my screen here We'll go to uh, that one right there. Okay, so if you click that link, you'll go to this page here for LB77. And right here in the middle, there's a big button that says Submit Comments Online for LB77. If you click that, first of all, a little uh, waiver pops up. And it says this is intended to encourage public participation. Comments submitted through this portal will be available to all legislators and staff. Additionally, they may be read and or discussed during hearings in floor debate. Uh, comments submitted online and verified prior to the deadline identified uh, as comments for the public hearing record will be included in that record. I'll explain that in a second. There should be no expectation of privacy. So basically, this is uh, an online comment is no different than a uh, an in-person testimony. You're, you're going on the record, uh, especially here. If you click this little dot right here, include comment in hearing record, then it becomes a testimony just as the same as if you were there in person. Um, and so you fill out all of this info. You've got a big box down here to, uh, to put 500 words or less for your comment. You need to pick one of these three uh, boxes here, whether you uh, are a proponent, which means you're for LB77, uh, opponent means you oppose it, you're against it. Neutral means exactly that. You're neither for nor against it, but you still want to comment. Um, oftentimes what happens is a person or a group will comment neutral and say, uh, you know, if, uh, if they would change this, then we'd be for it. But since it's the way it is right now, we're not against it. We just can't say that we're for it. Uh, we have actually, as an organization, NFOA, uh, NFOA has, uh, has testified neutral in the past uh it's rare but but we've done it so so you would click proponent um if you don't know your district there's a link to find your district uh fill out all of this stuff and then of course down at the bottom you would click you're not a robot and then submit your comment i'm not going to do that here but uh that is that is the process for that so uh if you cannot make it in person and you would 
like to get your comment in uh, on the public record. That is the way to do it. They do not accept written testimonies anymore. So you can't uh, print it out, sign it and mail it to the Capitol. It, it won't go anywhere. Um, I, I don't know where it goes, but it, it's not part of the public record. The online comments and in-person testimonies only. Um, now, having said that, it was uh, commented on NFOA's Facebook page here yesterday or the day before um, that uh, if we tell people there's a, an option for online comments, we won't get anybody down there. I don't believe that for a second. I believe that there are a lot of people that wish they could be down there. Now they have an easy option to still get their testimony included. But I'm going to say this again, and I'll say this all the way up through Wednesday night next week. Uh, we want you in the Capitol. If you are hearing my voice, we want your body in the Capitol on, on Thursday, January 26th, 2023. Um, even if you're not prepared to testify, that's okay. What we want is for you to come, first of all, come to the rally. NFOA is hosting a rally, uh, exact place to be determined. Typically we do those on the, uh, the steps on the West side of the Capitol building out by the, out by the street, um, over by the, the Abe Lincoln statue there. But, uh, that's probably where it'll be. I don't know for sure. I haven't, uh, got that worked out hundred percent yet, but, uh, you know, weather permitting, we will have a microphone and speakers. So, uh, it'll be nice and loud for folks. I do plan on, I, I was thinking about live streaming it, but I can't guarantee stream quality. So what I think I'm going to do is set up a tripod. I'm going to record the rally and then I will be posting it up on NFOA and, and here as well. Um, that way I know for sure that uh, we don't lose anything due to internet being spotty or going down or something like that with uh, extra traffic on, on a cell tower that can definitely drop bandwidth. And there's, we're hoping to get a lot of people there. So, uh, so 1130 central time for the rally. And then two hours later, 1.30 PM is when the, uh, the hearing commences for, for LB 77 in the judiciary committee room. Uh, haven't heard more, but Brewer was going to talk to uh, Senator Wayne, who is judiciary chair, about uh, procuring another room in the Capitol for some overflow where people can come in and sit and uh, view the hearing on a television screen so that uh, they know what's going on, even if they're not able to be in the room. Judiciary Committee has a, a fairly good sized room, but you could usually pack about, uh, I don't know, between 50 and 100 people in there. I don't know the exact number. It's not a ton. And so uh, we will be asking people to to kind of uh, cycle in and out. Um, typically for, for big crowds, they will just form a line in the hallway. And as one person comes out, the next person gets to go in. The uh, sergeant at arms gets to, to take care of that, you know, making sure that the room doesn't get overloaded. Um, so uh, so be prepared for that. Uh, if you, uh, you want to speak early, definitely want to get there early, right? Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I don't expect Senator Wayne to do what, uh, what Lathrop did in the last two years and limit testimonies to 30 minutes each 30 minutes for 30 minutes against 30 minutes neutral. I don't look for that. I look for everybody who wants to talk to get a chance. And so, um, more to come when we know exactly what's going to happen. That'll be kind of a, a late decision. I'm sure we won't get that right away. 
Um, but as soon as we know that, of course, we will be putting that word out. So uh, if you if you want to know how to get that info, if you're on Facebook, go uh, follow Nebraska Firearms Owners Association Facebook page. If you uh, if you've not been getting the emails, it, and if if you're not sure, one came today. So if you didn't get an NFOA email today, but you want to be on the email list, then email uh, info at nebraskafirearms.org and let uh, let them know, let us know, let uh, let them know that you want to be included on the email list and they will get your email address added so that uh, as we disseminate this info that you can get it there. Um, DJ says, if you're there, yield seats to the handicapped attendees. Absolutely right. Uh, and they usually have a few spots uh, opened up without a chair so that there are places for for the folks in wheelchairs. Um, let's see here. I've lost some comments here. I'm not exactly sure what's what's happening. Can't they not bring that up? Why is it even getting a hearing? Um that may be for the uh i'm not sure which one is that is that is that m gabriel clarify is is that about the drag show bill i'm not sure what you're asking there um it's probably not going to get a hearing because megan hunt uh put in a uh request to indefinitely stay or indefinitely postpone that bill um so we'll see what happens if, if that gets granted or not um we'll see but that's uh i'll be asking about red flags why is it even getting a hearing because every bill it's that's submitted gets a hearing if it hasn't been indefinitely postponed it's just the process most of the uh, there are there are hundreds or thousands of bills in a session that get introduced they all have to get a hearing um unless they're submitted too late to to get it scheduled but uh, sometimes that's that's all that happens. There's a hearing and then it, it doesn't go anywhere. They don't all get voted out of committee for a floor debate. That's what the committees do. The legislature doesn't have time to debate uh, a thousand bills every year. And so the committees, it's their job to filter out the ones that, that have no merit and then send the, the, the bills that need to be discussed that uh, uh, out to the floor for, for a full Senate debate so that uh, they can streamline the process. That's that's how it works at the federal level. That's how it works at the state level. Uh, that's what the committees do, and so uh, so that's why it gets that's why it gets a hearing because it, it has to. Hopefully, it dies in committee. They uh, uh, hopefully judiciary committee or I think it's judiciary that's going to hear that one. Uh, hopefully, they will see that as uh, just a poison pill. It's it's not going to fly. Uh, if it does get uh, passed out of committee, then yeah, hopefully. Uh, you know, we have enough uh, senators with with uh, common sense in their minds to say that, yeah, that's that's a huge infringement on uh, a lot of different constitutional rights. So we got 32 senators. As long as they hold their ground, we shouldn't have any problem. Well, it'll take 33 right. votes to uh, to break a filibuster. Last year, Correct. we we got 31 votes in the second round, too shy of of advancing it. So. Now the landscape is different. We've got a, a lot of, uh, of brand new senators this year that uh, seem to be. Uh, w I know one of them. I, I've talked to him personally, and he's one of the co-sponsors for LB seventy seven. And so uh, I know he is absolutely a proponent of 
constitutional carry. And here's another thing, and I, I keep saying this. I had a chance to say this um, <coughs> yesterday slash today. Yesterday I was on a, a special edition of the, the Polite Society podcast uh, show, The Daily Bullet. He did. Uh, he he went live yesterday morning when we when we recorded. It went out on Facebook, YouTube, and Rumble. But uh, that was today's episode that dropped at five o'clock today as the regular scheduled episode for the Daily Bullet. Um, but I said it then, and, and I'll say it here too. If if it does make it out to a floor debate, we want all of the senators who are for this bill to stay out of the queue, not talk. Because here's what happens. The first round is eight hours of debate. And if uh, if there is enough uh, to talk about that the, the filibuster senators can run their mouths for eight hours, they can force a vote that requires 32, or excuse me, 33 to pass. But if they run out of steam, because they can't talk forever, they get five minutes at a time, three times. And there, I don't think there are enough opponents to fill eight hours worth of time with, with those constraints. So if the people for the bill stay out of the queue and don't take up any time, then the opponents will run out of things to say or opportunities to say them before eight hours is up. If that happens, then it only takes 25 votes to pass and it goes to the next round. So that's what we want. If it does go to a floor debate or when it goes to a floor debate, make sure that you uh, let your senator in your district know that uh, you would like it if they would just be quiet for the debate and, and let the opponents uh, run out of time uh, or run out of words before the time runs out. And then uh, there won't be a vote for cloture. It'll just be a straight vote. 25 will pass it on to the next round. And that's what we're looking for. I didn't understand last year because I heard Brewer say he asked all of the, all of his, his uh, colleagues who were for the bill to stay out of the queue and not talk. And I thought, well, that just gives everybody a chance to talk about why not to pass it, but no reasons to pass it. Um, I don't think, looking at it now, I don't think anybody was convinced by what those senators had to say either way. But uh, they did take up the full time, and, and they had to have the, the cloture vote to, to break the filibuster. So we're hoping the filibuster doesn't work. It only works if people keep talking for eight hours. So stay out of the queue. Let the opponents run out of uh, opportunities in the queue and then pass it like a normal bill. So that's what we're looking for. But Thursday, January 26th, 2023, we, uh, a couple years ago, we had a few hundred people show up to testify against a suicide prevention bill. And a lot of them were testifying against red flag law. We want to see thousands in Lincoln this week. So if you can make it, please <coughs> come down, even if you're not going to testify come down, go sign into the committee room. Uh, you're going to the committee room, sign in. You don't have to talk, but sign in uh, as a proponent of the bill so that your presence can be counted. Because the more people that do that, the the better count we'll have, an accurate count on how many people are there. But uh, Trish Harold, NFOA president, and I both have a vision that uh, we had hundreds before. We want thousands this time. We're working on a bus. If you uh, need need a ride and you can get yourself to Kearney, you can get on a bus. Um, if we need to charter more buses, if, if this one fills up, we would love that. would be a great problem to have. Uh, Kelvin over at NRA ILA is, is helping us uh, organize that. 
So again, if you can get to Kearney and you'd like to ride the bus, or if you'd like a bus from where you are, uh, send us an email info at, let me just write this out in the comments at Nebraska firearms.org. Send us an email and let us know and we'll see what we can do. I can't promise uh, less than a week out that we can charter buses from, you know, lots of places across Nebraska. But if, if we could, I'd love to have a North Platte bus. I'd love to have a Scotts Bluff bus. Come on down. Um, and those of you, if, if you know somebody, if you yourself or you know somebody out in the panhandle, get the word to them, right? Spread the word because when people are willing to drive down from uh, from Harrison or Harrisburg, uh, if, if you came from Kimball or even clear down, you know, like Benkelman area, Imperial, um, those places, if, if you're from... Uh, way out in the the western edges of of the state uh henry talking to you out there uh, come on down and when people say that they drove you know five six hours to get to lincoln because it was that important to them don't think that goes unnoticed okay especially if you do testify and you can say look i i came from west of scott's bluff out on the wyoming state line you know i i came from uh clear out past uh past shattered out at fort robinson area um, or I was I was out in Sioux County coming down from Harrison. Um, and heck, if if you uh, if you only have to come from Waverly, still come on over. We want everybody there. But uh, it, it's so much more powerful when we get people from all across our state testifying. It shows the senators on the committee, and it shows everyone that this is a, a big, huge issue that Nebraskans want to have uh, constitutional carry. So another thing that we have been uh, trying to push. We would love to have a stack of letters from every county sheriff in the state saying that they support LB 77. Now, realistically, I would like to have a stack of 90 to 91 letters or emails printed out that Senator Brewer can walk in in his hand and, and hold up the stack of letters and say 90 or 91 county sheriffs in Nebraska have sent me a letter or an email saying that they support LB 77. And that also is powerful. Because that means that, uh, you know, it's only the Lincoln and Omaha police officers or, or sheriff or police chief um, that are against this. But greater Nebraska definitely wants our, our freedom and, and we want to gain our, our rights back that uh, the state should never have taken away. So contact your county sheriff and uh, ask him or her to either write a letter if there's time to get it to Lincoln or just email it uh, off to Senator Brewer. That is, uh, I want to say, T Brewer at, I don't remember what the domain is now. Shoot, let me come back here. Let me do this. Um, it's T Brewer at leg.ne.gov. I'm going to put that in the comments. Leg.ne.gov. Yeah. Okay. All right. So if they can't, if they can't send a letter in time, um, they can send an email, and that will work too. Uh, a letter on letterhead would be amazing, um, but an email would would be better than uh, no contact whatsoever. So please contact your county sheriff. And the more people that do it, uh, you know that might uh, that might bring a sheriff off the fence and say because again. You guys know this sheriffs are uh, elected positions right so you can fire your sheriff 
the mayor has to be the one to fire the chief of police. But uh, you can fire the sheriff if they don't uh, do the things that you expect them to do uh, as far as duties go. And so uh, they swore an oath, just like all these state senators did, right, to support the Constitution. Uh, so uh, make sure that they understand what supporting the Constitution means. That means that uh, we uphold the rights for everybody that are listed in our Constitution. And in our state Constitution, it's Article 1, Section 1. Uh, I would hope every county sheriff has read our state Constitution and the federal one, but... Uh, we can't assume things, but just make sure that, uh, again, you'll catch more flies with honey than vinegar. Don't don't call them up and say, hey, do this or else we'll we'll vote you out. Uh, there's a diplomatic way to say that. Right. But most most sheriffs, that's not a problem. Ninety one counties put in a, a two way sanctuary county measure. So those county sheriffs in those counties were already in favor of not having to enforce unconstitutional laws. So not having to require a permit to to wear your jacket over your over your handgun on your belt that seems like a slam dunk the, the sheriff should support that as well so again 90 91 of them should should support such a thing anyway uh joe have i missed anything have i forgotten to, to mention any of the stuff that we've been talking about or pushing people to do uh no mainly is is next thursday like you said uh come meet us at the capitol at 11 30 or 11 o'clock to, to 1 30 um that that's the link you posted earlier about finding the bills another good one to look for would be the lb 194 which is that second amendment preservation act by senator holleran they'd be able to look that up under that same site as well what was the number lb 194 194 let's pull that up and i will also do this we also have a couple of gun shows we're going to be representing too correct uh we've got a few uh, this weekend yeah aaron um our, our now uh co-board member aaron's been a, a volunteer and just been an animal at a lot of gun shows across the state um He's been doing some yes. good spreading the word, but he's one of our uh, one of our fellow board members now. But uh, Aaron will be out at the Deer and Game Expo um, with me and and one other board member on Friday, and then he's going to break off and Saturday Sunday he'll be in Fort Calhoun at the the Legion Gun Show out there. Uh, so so stop by and talk to Aaron out at the Fort Calhoun Gun Show. He's got a few others. I don't know what all gun shows he's going to be at. Um, there's one coming up in March here in Norfolk. I'll be out at that one. Um, and I don't know about any, I don't know if I'm going to make it to any of the rest of them. Um, uh, but, uh, but yeah, stop by and, and find out, uh, you know, if, if you need some info about what's happening with LB 77 or the rally or the hearing or what to talk to the sheriffs about, or what to talk to your senators about, uh, Aaron can tell you, stop by and find us at the during game expo, reach out to us again, info at nebraskafirearms.org. Um, if you want those emails and you're not getting them, and like I said, one came today. So if you didn't get it, then uh, make sure that you send us a, an email saying, hey, I, I'd like to be put on the list and we'll get that done. Um, how many attendees do I think the gun, the the Deer and Game Expo? Um, 
it, it, weather's going to be decent, I think, this year. It, it's going to be several hundred. So, and, and last year we kind of got our registration in late. Um, we were kind of in an out of the way spot. It was easy for people to kind of walk around us and not go right past us. This year, we're going to be right back up by the uh, um, the opening to get into the bathrooms and concession stand. We're going to be kind of right front and center. So we'll what be booth number? Booth number 134. Gotcha. Yeah. So so we'll be we'll be uh, hard to miss, and we should be follow able to your nose. I'll take you right by us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, they have good coffee there too, by the way. I will attest, it was pretty good food last year. I I ate a lot last year when we were there. It was bad. I kept going to the snack stand. So yeah, bring your money. Yeah. Uh, great idea, DJ. Thanks for the reminder. I can go back through after the fact and add all these email addresses and links into the, the video description as well. So I can just edit that. So, uh, so yeah, if, if you missed all these, you can replay the live chat or you can, uh, um, you can get them from the description. I'll put those in. So let's see here. All right. One thing I was going to mention, John, is, you know, you were talking about having to go to culture if they speak for eight hours. Right. Right. And like uh, like Brewer said, if everybody who already co-sponsored, which was 25 plus one, including him, told of 26 senators, if yeah. they don't say a word and they stay out of the queue and everybody else wants to use up all their time, we're under six hours. Yeah. So we're good. So even yeah. if we and, and there the shouldn't ones, there shouldn't be really any amendments introduced that will uh add much to that uh so we we should be good to go there so yeah the first round is eight hours the second round is four hours and the third and final round is is a two-hour debate uh, so we need to pick up some steam as we go because the the shorter that time gets the easier it is to filibuster the whole time away but even at that um i think we can do it because i think the merits of uh again just the the concept that well two things um Number one, we don't require a permit to exercise any other right besides the right to keep and bear arms. Uh, you you never are going to get told. Well, I shouldn't say you never are. But right now you cannot be told in this country, well, you're not allowed to go to church today because you don't have your church permit. Right. <laughs> or you're, you're not allowed to, to have a worship service because you don't have the proper paperwork in, in order uh, in order to have a worship service um, on your own private property. You can't get told uh, you don't get a fair and speedy trial because you have not taken the training class and gotten that license to a, a fair and, and speedy trial. That doesn't happen. Uh, you can't get told, well, we're going to stop and frisk you because you don't have a fourth amendment permit on you. It, it doesn't happen because it can't, you have that right. You don't need a permit. You don't need any special training. You don't even need to be aware of that right in order to be granted that right. A lot of people don't know that, that they have the right to not, house soldiers during peacetime right we have that right the third amendment says so the the military cannot force you to give them uh shelter and food and water uh during times of peace people don't even know that but you have that right whether you knew it or not you have the right to keep and bear arms period shall not be infringed that's all it means it means that you have that right period end of sentence full stop you got to keep an eye on it, though. We have to pay attention. We have to be alert. And this is what is really, really good about your podcast, adding this in. But I, I, I will give you one. <laughs> Somebody's important. Sorry about that. 
Um, there's actually, we, uh, I almost missed this podcast tonight because I was going to another meeting. And when I got there, there literally was no parking and it was all about zoning. And one of the things that there was, uh, they were looking at is, you know, a lot of churches, people that do a start churches, they start in a home mm-hmm. and under this new zoning stuff that they were looking at, you were going to have to have a permit to be able to gather at your home. This is in a county that's right next door to the county I live in. Wow. So let's needless to say that they had um, there's a couple of people messaged me. I went there to get in, and there, I mean, literally, there was no parking. It and the guys the inside, county out, huh? Oh, it did. There was like they said it was packed, and there was hundreds in the hallway. Awesome. So I, I, yeah, absolutely, and that's a good example of exactly why, even if you're able to. Um, you know, send send a message to uh, Senator Brewer, which is fine. That makes sure that you're there as well. But show up. There is definitely, you know, power of the people. Show up. Be be observed. Be there. If you don't have the opportunity to say something, you can still sign off and state, I am for this bill. You can still sign in, just like you said. Mm-hmm. But tonight was a very good example. I had two or three people texting me going, did you get in? I'm like, no, nah, I, I couldn't. They're like, it's freaking packed. There's no parking. So it was really awesome to see, you know, sometimes it's sad. It takes something like that of somebody, uh, in my yeah, opinion, it, violating their Fourth Amendment right because they're takes, trying to seize it. it. It takes people being on the brink of losing something sometimes here in Nebraska to get them fired up. Which county is that, Joe, that that happened in? Washington County. Okay, Washington County, good on you for knowing yes. your rights and showing up to fight for them so they're not taken away. And a couple of years ago, the reason so many people came down to the state capitol is they thought that they were testifying against a red flag law bill. They weren't. That had already been heard. It was a, a miscommunication from the organizers of, of the people that, that bust people over there. Anyway, here's what I want to see. I want to see Nebraskans actually get fired up to, to go on the offensive and take back some ground, right? It, everybody digs in to play defense because we don't want to lose anything that, that we currently have. But come on, Nebraska, we've got a real chance here. If you will help, we've got a real chance at gaining something back that was taken away from us, that was given to us back in, in night. Well, it was recognized back in 1986 that we should have permitless carry. But then the, uh, the legislators passed a law that said it's illegal to carry a concealed firearm or a concealed weapon. And, uh, when it was brought to their attention that the article one section one says that not to be touched, they said, well, then you'll have to sue us, which never happened. So 20 years later, 2006, we become a, a shall shall issue permit state. Uh, so now we're looking at uh, 17 years later, it's time to become no permit needed permitless carry constitutional carry. Let's make this happen, Nebraska, but only if you get fired up, I don't know what I have to say to you guys out there to get you fired up. But if, if I figure it out, I'll say it, but come on, come to Lincoln. Let's make this happen. And then when it comes time for uh, floor debates, get on the horn and tell your elected legislator what you expect of him or her, and then call the other 48 and tell them what you think too. be nice about it. Be respectful, but be firm. So let's go. Let's see you all on Thursday. Come say hi. Stop at the rally, 1130. Come to the hearing, 130. If you need a bus, it's going off, uh, happening in Kearney. 
Okay, my beautiful producer says I've ranted long enough. It is time to go through the list, and then we're going to wrap things up. So uh, out there in the comments, uh, I did see a couple from uh, from Facebook way early in the chat, uh, besides the ones that I made. Uh, I know we had at least one person out there saying that uh, he was watching. I have to scroll all the way back up. Cliff Tedrick. That's who it was. Cliff, thanks for uh, commenting over there on Facebook. On the, the YouTube side, and again, if, if I didn't read your name, it's because you didn't comment or you only commented once and and uh, my beautiful producer missed uh, your comment because it was it was kind of hot and heavy there for a bit. But we had G23, Travis P11, Patriot in the Dark. Uh, I saw where you said you do have my number, so, so give me a holler. Um, uh, we'll figure out a time. Shoot me a text and... and Make sure it's a, a decent time to call, Patriot. Uh, Asta3019, thanks for joining us tonight. M. Gabriel, Joe Jag, uh, Two Life Moo, DJ Play Nice, Sam of Anarchy, Ronald Robertson, thanks for joining us. Hope to see you uh, back here quite often, neighbor. Uh, shoot me an email sometime, and we'll uh, we'll have to catch up sometime. Go grab a, a tasty beverage. Uh, Ozzy Osbourne, Hunting and Stuff with J&J, Blitz, Eric McKee. I don't think I've seen Eric out here before, so... Uh, glad to have you along. Uh, Woods was out there. Keith Umstead, Mike, Hillbilly Up, Tim S, Agorizer, Keith Gregory, G. Webb's Defense Dad, and I believe a partridge in a pear tree. So uh, so thanks, guys, for the comments, guys and gals, um, for the uh, for the comments. Thanks for being here. We did have a few extra people that I'm not used to seeing. Uh, and at one point, I did see uh, over 20 concurrent viewers, so... Uh, Rich, I know that you've been doing some stuff over on the, uh, the TikTok to help drive a few people this direction, both towards, uh, Sandhills Media and towards NFOA. Dude, I can't thank you enough for your effort. Uh, that's how Nebraskans work, guys. We help each other. Do you want us to, to help you? You've got to help us help you. You've got to help yourselves. You've got to help each other. Let's go to Lincoln, guys. I'll see you there. Thursday, weather permitting, there's no snowstorms between now and then. Um, but uh, but thanks. We'll give you guys a chance for any closing thoughts. We'll go back around the horn here. Uh, Joe, anything that you wanted to uh, to mention before we wrap this up? No, I, I think we pretty well covered it tonight. You know, uh, you we gave him some some bills to look at. You gave him where to. Did I break up there for a second? You did, uh, but you're good now. Okay. Um, no, you gave them the option. It's in there. You said you're going to uh, put the link up. Go check those bills out. You know, there's other ones that they're mentioning. Be yeah. be informed. You know, let's let's do like what John was talking about earlier. I would love to see Nebraskans become more proactive instead of reactive. Amen. Get on the line. Let's go after them. And let's, let's push long enough that they realize, okay, we're not going to be able to slide – this crap through anymore they're paying attention they're watching yeah. Yeah. i love the woke culture they're always talking about because they keep forgetting that there's a lot of people that are very similar minded to us who enjoy our constitutional rights that assumed the people we were hiring to represent us were doing their job well that's the other side of the woke culture that that really makes me laugh a lot of people have woken up and go, no, wait, wait, wait. You need to do your job. This is what you asked us to send you there for. Do it. Yeah. And as long as we pay attention, we'll be proactive. We'll be on the situation. 
And I think we can make some really great strides here in the near future. So definitely keep at it. I think you're right. Um, I think that's true. But yeah, let's uh, let's show them that uh, that we want this. How bad do you want it, Nebraska? Do you want to show the lawmakers, or do you want them to think that there's no need to worry about it because they haven't heard from enough of you? Because that's what I heard last year. I haven't heard from enough people in Nebraska that want this. There's really no reason to pass it. It's not that important. Well, let's take that one away. Let's give them a big old uh, fu burger in the form of your presence in lincoln thursday january 26 2023 can't wait to see all of you uh travis any i was gonna throw one last thing in there just just to tell you how nervous they are you know normally they only present about 500 or so bills per legislation yeah this year so far there's been 1100 presented wow they are just flooding it so we need to definitely show up and let them know which ones are important. Yeah. Yep. Cause that's just a, an attempt to clog up the works and uh, throw a bunch of crap down the drain, hoping that the good stuff gets stopped with it. So you're right. Uh, I'm okay. done. Go ahead, Travis. <laughs> Travis, closing thoughts. Where can people find what you're doing? Well, I can only echo what Joe and John have already said, because <laughs> that pretty much wraps it up. I mean, I'm the player. These guys are the coaches. Let's go to town, baby. Let's take it. I to woke the up the cheesiest coach. Oh, let's go. Rudy. All right. So, um, yeah, I I, I I hope we can make it happen. I mean, Nebraska's, you got to get involved. You got to show support for it. Uh, if you want more information on it, that town hall meeting that you hosted, John, that, that you guys had a couple weeks ago was really good. And I did I did post a link for it in the chat over here. So go subscribe to the NFOA um, channel over on YouTube. You can join NFOA even if you're not a Nebraskan. It's great to have the support, strength in numbers. Um, otherwise, no, I'm just excited for it. And I just I really hope it happens this year. And uh, I think it's going to be a good thing. I've got a lot of family members that are interested in it. Uh, I got a lot of family members that have told me that if they get firearms, they're definitely going to get some education on those firearms actual legit training they're not just going to go buy them so that's i mean i've got several that that want to do this they've just been holding off or maybe don't want to spend the 200 dollars, you know on top of everything else you got to pay to to make it happen so i think it's going to be a good thing so yeah that's all i got to say uh, otherwise finding me travis p11 over on youtube you can do a google search on that i'll pop up all of the different social media slides you can find me on uh caliber quarters a podcast i do on saturday mornings at 8 a.m it's a great show check it out uh, we'll be doing a debriefing with Chris from the 740 on SHOT Show, just talking about his trip to SHOT Show, what it was like, what he thought about it, was it worth it? You know, what did he see that kind of tripped his trigger, so to speak? And uh, it should be a lot of fun. It'll be kind of fun to catch up with him. Sweet. So, yeah, to, uh, that's the plan for Saturday. Get myself up early enough to go catch that one. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. I'm just I'm really kind of curious. I'd love to go to SHOT Show. It's 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 not going to happen. I mean, obviously, it's not too late this year. But um, we got Wanamaker coming up in April, so I'm excited for that. I'll probably head down to that this year. So it should be good. I don't know that I'll. I want to make it to shot at least once, just to say that I was yeah. there. But it's it's probably not going to be something I go back to. But uh, I definitely want to go back to Wanamaker sometime soon. I don't know yeah. how this year. We'll see. But uh, uh, we are planning on going to GRPC, and that's going to be a lot of fun too. Catch up with a lot of people there. So um, right on. But, but that's because I I more identify as a two A guy than a gun guy, at least as far as my online presence goes. And so SHOT Show is all about the hardware, but GRPC is all about the the uh, the human aspect and the networking, and which is why it was why it was uh, first first uh, launched. Great. So yeah. that's going to be a lot of fun too. Uh, cool. 
cool, man. Thanks for being here. We appreciate you. And uh, catch Travis this Saturday, 8 a.m. Central Time, Caliber Corner, uh, just on a SHOT Show recap with, with Chris from the 740. Uh, Rich, anything that you wanted to uh, wrap up? And where can people find what you're doing online? Because you're doing a well, lot of it. You three, have, you three have pretty much nailed everything, except for we got them on the ropes. Let's finish this off next Thursday, and let's get it done. Let's move to the next go after this one. Absolutely. But, uh, um, I'm dropping a few more videos there on TikTok and to start pushing some more content on on YouTube here. Kind of wanting to move my some of my followers over here on YouTube. But you can catch me here. Um, 10X Shooters on YouTube and TikTok. Um, like I said, I, I'm going to – I dropped three or four this week. Going to drop a bunch this weekend just to get everybody – I got a lot of followers from Nebraska on, on my TikTok, so – Going to try my best to push and help help my my community out here and help John out and Travis and Joe and everybody else in the chat. So, speaking of different platforms, I'm going to put this one in the uh, chat as well. I have got um, my my page over on Rumble set up, and as soon as I have 25 subscribers over there, then I can start going live on Rumble. I'll probably uh, stay on Facebook. I'll stay on YouTube. Twitter will be the one that uh, uh, suffers there, gets taken off, if I can start going live over on Rumble. So uh, we've got uh, four followers right now. So uh, I need 21 more of you to go to Rumble and uh, go to that link. You can uh, you can follow me, and as soon as I've got 25 followers or more i'll be able to go live on rumble it's so cool rumble doesn't uh, put restrictions on you you can you can shoot guns on your in your videos in rumble and not be demonetized it's a pretty neat deal so uh and i now have these set up so these shows will go to rumble um even if they're not live they will still uh, be uploaded after the fact so uh, even if i if i can't go live you'll be able to see this show there before too long uh, so go check that out over on, uh, rumble.com. Um, co, uh, how do I say this? They went public, so they're publicly owned now. Um, but, uh, rumble merged with locals.com, which was started by Dave Rubin from the Rubin report. If you don't know who that dude is, you need to go check him out. He's a good guy. Very, very, um, awake, not woke kind of guy left the Democrat party, uh, and then left California because he, uh, he, he just couldn't stand living in, in tyranny anymore. So we moved to Florida here about a year ago. Um, he's not your typical, he's not super conservative. Uh, he didn't leave the, the left, the left left him. Um, kind of like that sliding scale that Elon Musk put on tweet, uh, Twitter here several months back where, you know, it, he used to be left to center, but then the left went so far left that the center point moved and now he's right of center. That's kind of how Dave Rubin is. He's, he's, uh, growing in his conservatism uh not your typical conservative he, he's married to a man but uh you know he's still uh he sees the world the way that it actually is uh, not the way that that he wishes it was so he's he's the type of guy that if the emperor is marching down the street naked dave rubin's gonna say hey the dude's naked he's not gonna go along and and pretend like he's wearing some some really cool clothes so Again, if you don't know that old story, you need to look up the emperor's new clothes because there's a lot of that crap going on today, uh, figuratively speaking. So, all right. Again, can't stress it enough. NFOA rally, 1130, next Thursday, the 26th. The hearing starts at 130. 
So uh, get there early and and get there often. No, but make sure you, you get there. And again, stop by and say hello. Uh, I still have, um, not this one that's got my sweat in it, but I've still got one of these that's never been worn. Brand new. I've not sweated in it. Nobody's sweated in it. Uh, I think I'm going to try and reserve that for the person that comes up to me and tells me uh, where they came from that, that is the farthest out, the one that traveled the farthest to Lincoln. So come find me. Um, and uh, I will pay the postage. So I won't be able to award it on the spot, but uh, I will keep track of where people came from, how far they traveled to get to Lincoln. And whoever had to go the farthest that is a Nebraskan. And if you're coming from another state, bless you, please do. But uh, the Nebraskan that traveled the farthest to come uh, be there in person, I will mail the hat to, to your mailing address. So I'll pay for that postage. It's going to be fun. All right. Thanks, everybody. On behalf of Joe, Travis, Rich, my beautiful bride and myself, we love you. God bless you. It's time for us to go. It's time for you to go. You need to get out of here. Get off my lawn.